Report. I'm your host today, Margarita. And, and I'm Lua. And we have an interview right now. Well, before your interview. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hi, everyone. You're listening to CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting live from unceded Moscow Territory in Vancouver, Point Grey Node. Perfect. Um, hello, everyone. We're really excited. Classes are about to start, so that means we're going to go back to a weekly show starting next week. Oh, my God, starting next week. I don't know if I'm ready for this. It's a lot of pressure. Um, but besides that, yeah, Fringe is coming up, which is really exciting. And for those of you who don't know what Fringe is, the Fr- Vancouver Fringe Festival is basically this really cool combination of these like so many amazing shows ranging from concerts to plays um, to dance performances and they go on for about 10 days from September 5th to September 15th and for the next few shows we're going to have a lot of interviews and a lot of reviews 
about Fringe. And starting today, we have here with us Ilana Zak. Zakon, Zakon, sorry, um, who is the director of? I have already found it fascinating. I'm very excited to watch it. Uh, the great Canadian porno, the musical. Yep, <laughs> it's funny. So um, the title of itself is already something that calls attention to itself. Um, the when I read it, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what we're doing now, <laughs> right? So, can you tell us a little bit more about the story behind it? Yeah, totally. Well, I think even the name itself, obviously, it's, we're trying to draw people in, but it does pertain to the content of the show. So, basically, the show is about these two millennials in their twenties, Caleb and Jess, who are best friends, living in Vancouver, and it really deals with the things that we deal with on a daily basis as young people in the city, like the housing crisis, trying to afford living in this really expensive city. And uh, Jess wants to move into a new apartment in Yaletown, but she can't afford it. So they decide to make a porno. But things go horribly, <laughs> things go horribly wrong. But what comes out of it is uh, a music track that they wrote intending it to go with the porno that's called Feeling Him Inside Me, but it ends up becoming a Christian hit. And that's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> So there's is there only one song or is it it's a it's a musical so there is songs throughout but it's more of a play with music as opposed to like every it's not like a showy like Sparkle Fingers type musical it's like a quite like realistic play with songs in it okay cool yeah that's cool um feeling him inside me I'm sorry like I get how it can be misinterpreted as a Christian song. Maybe, but at the same time, it's like, it's so, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is, to me, it's hilarious. I'm going to have Good. so much fun. <laughs> you should come see the show. I've <laughs> seen the show. But, um, <laughs> so, uh, so this show has been workshopped since 2015. This is yeah. actually the first time it's going to be put on fully. fully. Yeah. Here in Vancouver doing a French festival. And do you know, do you want to talk to us a little bit more about the story, like how it came to be? Like, because mm-hmm. this is not a show that I've ever any, I've, I don't think I've ever heard any stories like this before. Like mm-hmm. two friends <laughs> go to make a porno and then they end up being a Christian song hit. Yeah. So yeah. what's the story behind like coming up with this idea? Well, that would be a question for Nick Preston, our writer and producer. I do know that he has been working on it for quite a long time, and I'm sure he was very inspired by what's going on around us in the city and the things we have to deal with. Uh, so I can't answer that as a director, but I do know that he did have multiple staged uh, stage readings and workshops, and he's been like working with um, a musical composer to come up with the musical instrumentation for it, and he wrote all the lyrics and the, the story, and they've been working on it for quite a long time. So I've only come in for this new part of the process okay yeah that's so pretty cool so as a director what did you after you read the screenplay for the first time what was your first impression and what did you want to Mm. bring out of it yeah it's a great question um I thought it was really funny I honestly didn't even know what the play was called until after Nick sent it to me which is really (laughs) funny because he just posted like looking for directors for a funny comedy and I was like oh I can do that I sent him an email and then I got back the great Canadian porn of the musical and I was like oh what did I just (laughs) sign up for 
And then I read it and I was like, this is super hilarious. And I think for me, I just wanted to really, I love directing comedy. So finding like the, the pace and the comedic moments and really trying to also relay a story that even for myself, I just moved to Vancouver about two years ago and had to deal with the crazy rent prices and being in my 20s and meeting people and all the things we go through. So just trying to make it as accessible as possible so that people will not only be drawn in by the name of the show, which is really funny, but also, you know, think about things and like feel like they can connect to the characters. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I was very interesting because it is called the great Canadian porno. Yeah. But it ends up that they become a hit in Southern USA. Yeah. yeah. And so I was wondering, like, where does the Canadian part of it mm-hmm. comes in? I don't want to give too much away, <laughs> though we have been performing this number at a bunch of fundraisers. So I guess I can talk about it a little bit. But um, during part of the show, they're kind of brainstorming different ideas of how to make it work. And so part of it is like, let's make our porno like really Canadian because people love Canadians and we're Canadian. And it's just like this new way of thinking. I mean, obviously, like it, the show lives in realism, but the circumstances are quite crazy that, you know, that happened. Everything happens in a way that, you know, it could happen, but it's probably unlikely. So we definitely do bring in a lot of Canadiana and there's a really fun song that's all about the, the Canada stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in the promo shots, there is, um, so I'm guessing it's the two main characters. Um, and the woman, she is dressed as a beaver, as a bear. <laughs> like, I'm not entirely sure what she's dressed up as, but it's definitely furry. <laughs> yeah. So I think the poster is more to catch people's attention. We definitely, we do have, I'm not going to give away anything too much. But um, those are actually two of the secondary characters. Our two leads are not actually in the poster, but. Um, it's just kind of capturing the the sexuality and comedy of the play, you know, to give people like a taste of what the show's about. But I would say that we don't really see those two characters in the way that they are. There is a bear in the show, but it's not her. <laughs> it's a bear in the show. You'll just have to come and see to find out the rest. And how long is the show? Because a yeah. lot of the French shows range from like 30 minutes to like two mm-hmm. hours. So Yeah, so it's a 90-minute show. Uh, it's a BYOV, so bring your own venue at the Fire Hall. So a bit like it's a full length play. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So just as a reminder, like not all French fest- French shows are full on plays. We're going to have an interview in a bit that's about a 30 minute show. So mm-hmm. there really is something at French for everyone. If you don't have a lot of time, there's like 20 minute shows, 30 minute shows. If you want to see a full length play, the C- great Canadian porno <laughs> is definitely an option, too. And um, I was very also curious about if the one of the the hit song one of the hit songs is wait what's it again Feeling feel him, him inside, inside of me, me. <laughs> do you have any other very funny names for songs oh yeah i'm not gonna i'm gonna let you come oh. see the show for that <laughs> oh my god i need to know <laughs> <laughs> this is so hard i want to know everything about the show before i walk in well maybe you're gonna come in and you know be blown away <laughs> <sighs> Yes, I think I, I already I'm already blown away with just the idea of it, and I really do hope that everyone else is also very excited about this because I, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> um, so can you remind us when the Canadian yeah. the Great Canadian Porno is happening? <laughs> totally. So on the first uh, this coming Sunday, we're having uh, we're now pitching it as an open rehearsal kind of giving us a little taste of what the show is going to be at the fire hall. So that one's at the Havana, and then we officially open on the 9th and run until the 15th. We have six shows. Most of them are kind of late. We have, I mean, 
it's a it was pitched as a late night show, even though it's not there's no nudity or anything too crude. But um, that's the the times that we have. So six shows, fifth to fifteenth at uh, the Fire Hall Arts Center. And so that is the Great Canadian Porno, the musical. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is hilarious to me. Um, which is happening with the Fringe Festival. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is, I don't know, this is so cool. I'm so, I'm so excited. I don't even like know what to say anymore because I'm so excited and my mind Great. goes like, I just want to watch it. I just really, truly just want to watch it. Um, like musicals uh, are just so fun and so like experimental mm-hmm. at times. And to know that it's not like a mm-hmm. showy kind of thing also makes me question like, is there choreo in it? Like, or is there like... There's a little bit of choreo. I think the way that I've been directing it is that when we go into the musical numbers, it's almost like we're going into their, like, fantasy worlds. So, like, the the real world is quite real. And then in that, it's, like, kind of a blend of, like, them as their characters, but also, like, kind of going a little bit bigger and, like, what if? Like, this is what I'm feeling inside kind of thing. Because musical numbers already are, like, exploring, like, something bigger than words, right? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. That's really cool. Well, thank you so much for coming and having this, t- uh, taking your time to have an interview with us. Thank this you. was really great. Um, do you want to play our PSAs and ads? And we'll be back in a little bit. Another night's work well done. And so easy without that nuisance Spider-Man. I didn't know you cared. You! Yes, Electro. And I'm going to short-circuit you once and for all. You would have been better off in the hands of the police. You are no match for my power. It takes more than power to win. It takes brains and knowing your enemy. I'll pick my power against your brains any day. What was that? That, my thieving fiend, is the result of brains. Use your brain. Turn off all the lights when you leave a room. If every household in BC turned off one light bulb for four hours a day for one year, it would save enough electricity to power all the homes in Mission for an entire year. This Power Smart play brought to you by BC Hydro Power Smart and CITR 101.9 FM. Have you ever thought about going abroad to study, work, volunteer, or learn a new language? Mark Sunday, September 29th in your calendar and get down to the East Building of the Vancouver Convention Center to find out how. All the experts under one roof, top universities, gap year specialists, and student travel organizations. Feature seminar on scholarship starts at 12 noon and expo opens at 1 p.m. Admission is free. Check online at www.studyandgoabroad.com for more info. Hello, and we're back. Um, So uh, we're going to do a shout out to something that's pretty cool that's happening um, this weekend on September 1st. And I just thought it was interesting. We won't be able to actually cover it. So I thought we'd give it a shout out. And it's a... Sound walk. And a sound walk that's happening. And let me get more information for you guys. Sorry? I'm just looking at the shout-outs right here. Oh. <laughs> well, anyway, the sound walk is happening. September and 1st. September 1st. 
and it's going to be really cool. We, we can't do that. I'm personally, I'm going on a festival. It's called Sublunar. Let me tell you a little bit about Sublunar while Lua is pulling up the details about the Soundwalk. Sublunar is a side trance festival. It's, it only has 300 people attending. 200? 300 people. Oh. So it's kind of like a gathering in a way. It's 300. <laughs> well, yeah, for a festival, I guess. For wow. a festival, it's kind of like small, family-oriented. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's family-oriented, but it's family-like. <laughs> you know, like you can bring your friends and have fun. There's workshops during the day. Sounds nice. And music during the night. Well, for the sound walk, sorry about that delay, guys. But uh, the sound walk that is happening is going. Um, it's okay. So it's this. Sorry, it's playing the Barard Bridge with sound. So it's happening Sunday, September first at two p.m. and it's going to be hosted by Matthew Ari Arathanum and Elizabeth Elise and Julie Hammond and Helena Crowbath. Um, the meeting place is at 999 Beach Avenue. Um, so it's the Green Streets Community Garden located under the Burrard Bridge. And basically what a sound walk is, is a silent walk uh, along a planned route that experiencing the location's ambience and the underlying rhythms. So basically wow. it's like an opportunity for you to kind of, I don't know, like... It's kind of like walking meditation. Yeah, it's like a walking meditation sort of and it's about those sounds that too often go unnoticed and it's kind of like an, a moment for you to listen like actively listen to everything that's happening around you and like create that greater consciousness which i think is pretty cool that is very cool and it's a free event so it's not like you're paying for anything and i mean you could always like go out make friends do something pretty cool right um and it's just like a very interesting opportunity it's going to be put on actually by the vancouver soundwalk collective um so the vancouver new music uh vancouver soundwalk yeah it's from yeah oh oh okay so this sorry <laughs> it's put on by the vancouver soundwalk collective archive that's their name that's why i was like oh, ever a little okay. confused like the archive part and um happening september 1st this weekend starting at 2 p.m 999 Beach Avenue is the meeting location. Um, oh, and they actually have several other sound walks that are happening. Uh, one's happening at Cold Harbor on September 22nd from 2 to 3.30 p.m. Um, there's a listening all along the Watchtower, a Culture Day sound walk happening September 29th um, from 2 to 3.30 p.m. So it's like these sound walks happen in the middle of the day, um, still during summer, so it's going to be still... Hopefully nice now it's nice outside. Yeah. Nothing yeah. too terrible. Yeah, I feel like the rains start October. Yeah, basically. And so we're going to have another interview very soon. But while uh, we wait for our next guest to arrive, Sarah, is our, who is our correspondent, is Hi. back. And we're very excited <laughs> to have her back. Yeah, I'm excited to be back, honestly. So... I've been in, in Turkey, which is where I'm from, for the past four months, and I can't wait to get back and see more shows and tell everybody about it, because we really like art. <laughs> You're going to see a ballet, aren't you? Yeah, well, I'm not really sure, actually. We just talked about it with Lua, about interviewing a ballerina that's performing the ballet Giselle. 
You said you watched it a bunch of times. Yeah, because, okay, so I did ballet for 15 years. And during those 15 years, I did a lot of performances. And we did Giselle a couple of times. So it has a special place in my heart. And because I did it a bunch of times, I also like watching it a lot. I mean, some people might find it boring. It's not for me. I really enjoy it. I find it interesting. I really hope that... I can watch it and it'll be an interesting interview. Yeah. Look out for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I went to the Vancouver Art Gallery with my mom today. Nice. She's, yeah, she's here for a couple of days. So we're just exploring the city. And um, you should go visit the exhibitions. I think they're on until the ones currently, they're on until the end of September or the beginning of November, something like that. They're really good. Yeah, I was just talking about the Vancouver Art Gallery. Yeah, the Vancouver Art Gallery is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So our guest is here. Jill, please take a sit- seat. And do you prefer going to go by Jill Alport or Jill Lockley? Jill Lockley, Lockley. is my stage name, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so Jill Lockley, who is the writer, and she's also an actor in her play, Those Who Can't, which is also a French show. Mm-hmm. Um, so those who can't is an absurdist classroom comedy I love that description <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very I think everything that happens in a classroom is really absurd <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> absurdist classroom comedy sounds very accurate um, the show is happening on Studio 16 and it's 30 minutes long so that's one of the quicker French shows which is pretty cool and tell us about what is it about? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm actually a substitute teacher in my real life. Um, and I kind of wrote a sketch comedy show inspired by that. Um, so the, uh, the show is about, uh, I guess the main central character is, her name is Principal Penny. And she's trying to get uh, anyone to come and fill in for this classroom teacher <laughs> <laughs> who has quit. And literally, yes, anyone. Um, it, they get more and more ridiculous. By the end, there's like a dinosaur teaching the class. <laughs> so I very much do mean absurdist. Um, and yeah, I wrote, the, I wrote the play with the teachers in mind, but also it's kind of for anyone. It's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous sketch comedy and can be enjoyed by anyone, yeah. Honestly, that sounds pretty fun. <laughs> um, but you're not, not the principal penny i'm not principal penny no you are i play big riley big riley and <laughs> what is big riley's char- biggest characteristic <laughs> big riley's kind of the instigator of all of the oh um, i see <laughs> the trouble so we all know a big riley um, uh, so he's kind of we find out he kind of has a reason but he's he's wanting to like just cause as much chaos in this classroom as possible and he's just a typical air quote bad kid um but maybe there's more to him than that. So, like, you're playing the you, the kid that you've had in your classroom yes, multiple times, fun. and you're like, oh, I know that kid. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be this kid now. Like, this is the mo- a cathartic moment for me because I get to be uh, this kid and make a mess. <laughs> yes, definitely. The whole thing's very cathartic. <laughs> and what inspired you? Like, what real-life experience inspired you to make this show? Um, I kind of always had it in the back of my mind, Um as an idea for a show, I always wanted to do a kind of a 30-minute run show like this. Um, but then a lot of it kind of came through. Um, at the time I got a three-week, the time I was writing the show, I got a three-week uh, job in a pretty tough school. Um, so a lot of this stuff, like there's not direct references or anything, but a lot of this stuff is kind of just like inspired by the chaos of that classroom. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, which I learned to really love and I stayed there kind of longer. And 
Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's it's fun that as I was writing it, I was in that classroom that just started off as um, very overwhelming, but. Um, and then it kind of settled down later. I don't know that they settled down, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I learned, I got more used to it, yeah. <laughs> and what is it like being a substitute teacher? I think we we talk about teachers so much, but we talk about, we usually think about the teachers that are there every day accompanying our, te- our students, but substitute teachers are also an integral part of the education system without them, like... Yeah. Um, for right now, I'm in the Vancouver district. Um, I, I have a full-time job. I can get called almost every day here or there. Uh, there's some days off, but um, yeah, so it's a full-time gig and I mean, I love it. I'm, I also obviously pursue comedy, so it's really nice to have that balance. Um, to be off at 3 p.m. is pretty nice. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely challenging in a different way as it would be for a regular classroom teacher. Um, I think the kids try and get away with a lot of stuff, but since it, that's my everyday, you get kind of used to that, um, and you just uh, you just put up with it. And if it's really bad, you leave at the end of the day. <laughs> but um, hopefully, you're able to deal with it. I think I'm getting better. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, that things don't become too overwhelming. Yeah, if you're still like passionate about what you do. <laughs> and the play is relatively short. And I was curious, is it? on purpose that you kept it short or do you want to maybe like this kind of like the first experimentation to maybe make something longer out of it yeah I could see um if I were to redevelop it I might make it a bit longer what I like about it being short right now is since I am promoting it a lot to teachers and I know it's the beginning of the school year (laughs) I kind of say come out it's only 30 minutes you can give that time uh to this show to have a laugh and then go back to the classroom and do your prep work um (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was initially 30 minutes. Um, yes, yeah, sort of just that's how long it ended up being. And then, yeah, if if I were to do it again, I might make it longer if that's something that, I don't know, fell into place. Yeah. And the art for the like the promotional art is gorgeous. Yes. Do you want to tell us who did it? Because honestly, like, I just love this so much. It's so cute. Yeah. Uh, her name is Carla Monterosa. I believe that's her. Her Instagram is her name, I believe, Um, but I'm sure if you Google her, you can find her. Um, She is an animator, and she's my friend who I met through comedy, and when I had to come up with a poster, I was like, absolutely, I'm going to go to her, and she's been super, super helpful, making lots of different iterations of that, and it's it's very beautiful. I love it so much. (laughs) All her stuff is just so cool. Yeah, it's so gorgeous, and it's very, like, like playful, like, very in theme. Mm -hmm. I loved it, and so there are 10 characters, but there are only eight actors, correct? And are they all on stage at the same time at any point, or? No, there's never everyone on stage. Um, It's sort of because the teachers get um, sort of run off (laughs) one by one. They don't typically return. but uh, myself uh, as Big Riley and then the other character, Billy, are on stage the whole time. And then Principal Penny's on stage most of the time. Not all the time, but... And yeah. so there are two kind of main instigator kids yes. <laughs> um, that are kind of representing the entire classroom. Yeah, since the whole uh, play takes place in that classroom, we stay in the classroom the whole time. That's pretty cool. Very yeah. interesting idea to see, like... <laughs> what you have to go through yeah, and like funny. although it's not it's very absurd like there's always a hint of truth in everything that's too absurd right definitely <laughs> and uh for a short show 10 characters is a lot yes do you do that on purpose or <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> um it actually it proved to be quite challenging just to get everyone in in the room for a rehearsal space uh it's been a learning opportunity but i also uh, when I first wrote the show, 
um, I actually put it on in December earlier for like a just a small sketch run. Um, and I wrote for I wrote the roles just for people that I thought were funny and I wanted to write a role for them. Um, so a lot of those have changed and these people are equally funny, but I did initially write it for a certain cast and, um, yeah, so that's why there's so many, cause there are so many funny people that I wanted to write roles for. <laughs> it's like, I want to include all of you. I want exactly. to give all of you stage time. <laughs> like, how do I do this? And then all of a sudden you have so many characters and you don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now that the show has been rewritten, is it more for any character or did you still rewrite it with the people that are playing it in mind? I rewrote little bits um, for the for the new people that are playing it. Um, a couple of them actually were able to continue uh, their roles. So there's, I think, two that uh, stayed from the December uh, run and this one. Um, and then, yeah, I, I ju- adjusted things, but it's it's largely about the same as I, when I did it in December. Yeah, That's pretty cool. Mm. And so is this your first time participating with your own play in French? Yes. Oh, I've never exciting. done French before. You've yeah. never done French ever before? Nope. And so how has this experience been for you? It's been really interesting, uh, very fun. Uh, it's been a busy summer for me, so it's, you know, a lot. But, um, yeah, I'm learning a ton, and um, it, it's hopefully I get to know a new audience and we get to know lots of new people through through the Fringe, and, yeah, it's really exciting. And what was the selection process like? Um uh, so the fringe, like the fringe selection mm-hmm. process, yeah, it's a lottery system. So um, we all just kind of threw our names in, and I think a, a general concept. I can't remember quite. Um, and then my friends were actually performing at the fringe. I wasn't at the night where they selected them, but my friends were there, and then they texted me, and they were like, "You got into the fringe!" And like, oh, yeah, super exciting. So, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the lottery system, and then there's other uh, people who can bring their own venue and then also be involved in the fringe pretty cool and so um oh I, I literally just forgot what i was gonna say um <laughs> i had like the words in my <laughs> mouth and then they're okay. gone but um all right what do you expect from french this year like what are you like what are you most excited about and what you're least excited about what do you think is going to be super <laughs> stressful uh, i'm most excited about the exposure um, i'd love to get teachers out there and have them yeah just enjoy uh just a comedy thing and just no stress just just laughing um and all other kind of theater goers as well and i think i'm most stressed about just how many fringe plays there are and um it's not exactly competition but people can only go to so many so you have to really get out there and i think i I won't be working much those two weeks i'll just be kind of um, out there and you kind of have to like get in line for other people's shows and promote your own show as much as you can so promotion and marketing is a bit stressful but also fun I mean yeah like um French has so 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 many shows um we're actually trying to cover a few of them we're, we're trying to cover as much as we can yeah but it's a big challenge it's um, amazing how many shows yeah <laughs> it's it's been a big challenge we're trying to like reorganize our schedule and we're like okay this day we're gonna watch like five different shows one <laughs> after the other and I'm like okay can we actually do this or we're we gonna go insane yeah it's tough <laughs> and how do you make your st- your show stand out um I think the fact that mine's 30 minutes is nice because then someone could catch mine and then go to another one um but yeah it's uh it's tough there's lots out there and they all look amazing yeah well thank you so much for coming and having Thanks this interview with me. us we're gonna awesome. play some ads and PSAs 
And after that, Mar- Margarita is going to tell us a little bit more about Coriolanus. Coriolanus. Yeah. Coriolanus, which is the last play that is being played at the Bard, Bard at the Beach uh, this year. Unfortunately, Bard at the Beach is coming to an end soonish. Um, if you didn't catch it this year, make sure to catch it next year. But after PSAs, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Have you ever thought about going abroad to study, work, volunteer, or learn a new language? Mark Sunday, September 29th in your calendar and get down to the East Building of the Vancouver Convention Center to find out how. All the experts under one roof, top universities, gap year specialists, and student travel organizations. Feature seminar on scholarship starts at 12 noon and expo opens at 1 p.m. Admission is free. Check online at www.studyandgoabroad.com for more info. Oh, we're back. And we're back. Wow, Hi. that was quick. Yeah. So, uh, Cori, Coriolanus, 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 Cor- how do I say Coriolanus. 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 I think, yeah. Okay, cool. So, I know it's about this war, Greek war. Spartan War, Old Timey War. It's about <laughs> Old Timey Roman War. Roman, there we go. Okay. I was like Greek, Roman, Spartan, yeah, well, something like that. Close. But Roman. it's mostly about this guy who was okay. who was dubbed Coriolanus. He who was like a great like, lieutenant. Okay, and th- that's his name. He's his name is something else, but then he they gave him this nickname. Oh, okay. As as a prize for his winnings. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, and then um, and then he tries to get into politics, and then he ca- kind of gets booted off, expelled from Rome, and then he joins his nemesis and says that he's going to attack Rome. Oh wow! But then his mom conv- convinces him not to. Yeah. And I don't know if to tell the rest. Yeah, don't tell, don't spoil all of it, right? Because it's still running. Actually, the bar, the bar of the beach, um, put the show on for a little bit longer. They actually added a week. To this show because it was so popular and really? so on demand. Yeah, it was sold out when I was. Yeah, there. and it was sold out. So um, there's definitely time. I'm pretty sure it goes until September. Instead of going to September 15th, it was going to go until September 21st. Wow. Oh, that's good. I'm pretty sure that's the change that happened. Um, so there's definitely time to go out and watch Coriolanus. Yeah, and it's a powerful play. With the um, the performances are strong from both the leading actors and the supporting ones. And it was like a very energetical display of their abilities. And they spoke the text very clearly and passionately. I got to say, I couldn't understand like most of what they were saying because it was Shakespearean language. I understood mm-hmm. like <laughs> five <laughs> sentences in a scene. Yeah, Shakespeare's that, that type of language, yeah. I'm impressed by how well they could speak it. They, <laughs> they weren't like reading it slowly they were like speaking it as if it's like their mother tongue yeah well they did rehearse it a lot so i feel like that should be how it should yeah yeah like about the language like growing up i was like i hate i don't hate shakespeare but i was like yeah i think shakespeare's overrated like i like that was me like growing up because i was like oh my god like shakespeare like whatever but at the same time like once you actually get to reading shakespeare and actually understand Shakespeare in his language, it's absolutely fascinating. Right? It's one of 
the best things. Yeah. Yeah, I bet if you read it slowly. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I think what it really comes down to when it comes to Bar on the Beach, well, not all plays Bar on the Beach, but um, the part on the beach plays that are written by Shakespeare, I think if you have already an understanding of the play before you go to watch it, the experience is so enhanced. Yes, for sure. I read yeah. the synopsis midway through. <laughs> midway through? I was yeah. like... Well, during the intermission, I was like, what is going on? Yeah, doing your research before is always the best. Yeah. And my friend was like confusing me. He said that Cleopatra is going to swoop in. <laughs> and I was like, really? Okay, let's let's read up on that. Yeah. Cleopatra didn't swoop in. She did not. <laughs> there was nope. no Cleopatra. But <laughs> Sorry, it was a point. <laughs> what did happen is that the roles were gender swapped. So actually, Coriolanus was portrayed by a woman. Uh, the actor's name is Moya O'Connell. O'Connell, sorry. And she gave like a really strong portrayal of the warrior and also showing a kind of a weak, desperate side after she was expelled from Rome. She was like down and out, wandering through the streets. And other warrior carriers were also gender swapped, like Corellinus Nemesis and her first lieutenant. So they were like fierce warriors with like very strong parts. And they're and all women. women. That's yeah. really that's interesting. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. And I think that's one of the things that I really like about Bar on the Beach is that they'll take these Shakespeare plays that most people know so well. And it's they're almost dated, sometimes problematic in certain points, like Taming of the Shrew. Yeah, that's true. Um, the original Taming of the Shrew, if you read Taming of the Shrew without like going into a deeper analysis of it, it's very like, okay, this guy. Yeah, it's very chauvinistic. It's like this guy married this woman to get her money. And then breaks her spirit. And then the reading that Bart on the Beach brought was so refreshing um, because it kept it a comedy, it kept it light, it kept it funny. But it also gave Catherine so much power by showing that the two of them aren't actually enemies. They're coming together to like crap on (laughs) (laughs) on society and be like, I'm not going to follow society's norms. Like we're a good couple the way we are because we understand each other Mm -hmm. instead of actually being like, oh, the woman has to be below the men. Yeah, that's good. That's nice. And so like to see Coriolanus, which is originally written as a very like male centric play being played by almost entirely female characters. Well, there were male characters, but like the fierce warriors were men, were women. It's just so cool, right? Like, yeah, it is. As and women's, we are warriors. Like every single day, <laughs> we have to fight so many things that we don't even realize. And, and instead this- of a meek wife, yet she had a meek husband. A meek, like weak. He was kind of quiet. Okay. Yeah, he didn't do much. <laughs> he didn't do much. Yeah. He was just there to be pretty. <laughs> exactly. He was like painting. <laughs> okay. Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the scenery, about the art. Ooh, um, yes. So it was kind of like a modeler. They had like four big screens, which were uh, projected upon with different scenes um, to accompany the different locations. And that was kind of like very functional in the way that they didn't have to do a lot except for just like screen the images. Uh, it was aesthetically pleasing and they did a good job at conveying the different locations. Um, also, like they had... It was very functional. Like there weren't, there wasn't a lot of moving parts, but there were like little things that kind of conveyed where the characters are. And together with the screens in the back, it was very good. The stage was kind of like almost round, and they did a spectacular job at addressing the different parts of the audience. It was like 
very circular motion of the actors um, in was the space. it a black box or it was just a normal just a, was the stage just round or was the it wasn't audience the like 360 the audience wasn't 360 but okay. it was like um almost a full circle okay and the stage was just the like the um, lower part in the middle mm-hmm. with like a, a little bench and bench in the back that served some some use not a lot but usually they would just like play in the middle and like i said they did a really good job at addressing everybody in the audience mm-hmm. so that was really nice and this play career lane is not played on the main stage of Artham Beach right right i w- i hadn't even been to the go- to the main stage so where is it like do you go into um it's a different Beach? tent is it just a different tent yeah it's it's the same location the same like you go and like get a beer or whatever at the at the festival venue but it's a different tent okay cool yeah i ended up only going to the main st- to the main stage which was beautiful like absolutely gorgeous because it was kind of cut out and you can see the view oh. of i'm jealous because <laughs> you were telling about like when you want to see uh taming of the shrew yeah and you could see the sunset in the background you could, like, yeah. okay. <laughs> no but i wasn't it was okay i wasn't really thinking about that during the play i was enjoying so, the play because so that that stage doesn't have the cut out right like you're facing the other way you're facing the other way okay exactly yeah but you can see the beach walking in Yeah, that's so like that's super pretty cool. Like the st- yeah. uh, the park is still is such a nice space and it starts in the like you're still light outside when it starts mm-hmm. and by the time you get out you're like, "Oh, it's dark and it's so nice." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. So, in general, um what were your thoughts on um on the, the play itself? It was very it was very dynamic and very passionate. Uh for me it was hard that I couldn't understand what they were saying. but they still conveyed the message and after reading the synopsis it was easier for me to understand what was going on um i would see it, i would watch it again for sure it was very um like it was very passionate and moving yeah that's good uh and again coriolanus has been sold out um for the past few days so it's definitely a show that's greening momentum for its new portrayal that Bardo Beach is putting on. So definitely it's something worth checking out. Um and it's also the last show for this year's Bardo Beach. So if you don't check it out this if you haven't seen any of the plays and this is your last one, if you don't catch it, you'll have to wait an entire year. So go out, go see it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um I the other thing is I actually Wow, I can't talk. Actually. So I want to give a little preview of what's going to come for Bar on the Beach next year because after I read it, I got really, really excited. But I know we have to do a few ads and PSAs before we do that. And so let's do that. And then when we come back, I'm going to do a little preview of what's to come. For over 30 years, thanks to the long-term support Shaw Theater, Discorder Lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. Looking for a fun night out on campus? 
Moa's popular Soundhouse series is back for a second season and starts up again on Thursday, September 5th at 7 p.m. Soundhouse, Cypher and Sounds, features a powerful and playful night of hip-hop, beatboxing, and poetry. Emceed by Chelsea D.E. Johnson, East Fan's high priestess of soulful sound, and featuring a roster of fantastic musicians and poets. Gather outside by the heat of the bonfire, then gather in Moa's Hideahouse for words to set the world on fire. Tickets are $15 and include museum admission. Visit moa.ubc.ca to buy tickets. And so... Um, so yeah, so Barn on the Beach, right, back where we were. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed those PSAs and ads. Those, yeah, um, a lot. <laughs> I, honestly, like, every time we do, there's always rotating new PSAs and new ads, if you guys haven't noticed, if you listen to our sh- station constantly. And some of them I absolutely love uh, because they're just so funny. Like, one of them is, like, a Snoop Dogg reference. Yeah, that like, that really one is funny. really funny. Yeah. Anyway, shout out to our PSAs and ads. <laughs> 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 but back on track to Bart on the Beach. Um, I don't know if... Oh, yeah. So due to popular demand, seven shows have been added f- to Coriolanus. And um, the closing night will actually be September 21st okay. instead of a week earlier. Uh, the show is two hours and 20 minutes. So like every Shakespeare show, this is a pretty long show. It's mm-hmm. going to probably be... All night for like most people, like that's going to be like a night event. Yeah. Like you're probably not want to do anything afterwards. Well, I did something afterwards. What did you do afterwards? I went to a really cool hip hop show. It was uh, First Nations hip hop. Oh, that's so cool. DJ band, another DJ. It was so good. It was so lit. Where was it? I can't remember the name of the club. It's uh, on uh, Pender. It was on Pender. On Pender. So you went after the show, You after the Coriolanus, you went to see... This hip hop show. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Awesome. It was lit. <laughs> <laughs> and so for the part of the beach, 2020 season, which I'm already excited about. She's I don't, already excited. I'm ex- already excited. The thing is, like, I don't even know if I'll be in Vancouver next summer because yeah, I might go on exchange. And um, I'm st- already excited. I'm already like, f- I already have that fear of missing out a year before <laughs> because yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to be here. Mm-hmm. So in the v- on the BMO main stage, there's going to be one of my absolute favorites. Okay, so I have three favorite um, Shakespeare plays out of the hundreds that he wrote. And those are Taming of the Shrew, which okay. I got to watch this year. Nice. Much Ado About Nothing, which I also got to watch this year. Amazing. And my third and probably the most favorite out of all of the three, A Midsummer Night's Dream, which is honestly the funniest play uh, I think it's the funniest Shakespeare play. Well, Twelfth Night is pretty good too, but yeah. A Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, are they showing that one? Yeah. So 2020 season is A Midsummer Night's Dream, Henry V, Labor's Lo- Lives, Loves Labor's Lost, and Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. So A Midsummer Night's Dream, which I'm the most excited about, <laughs> which, and I'm going to tell you about it, tell you <laughs> tell us stuff about it, is uh, the story. Well, it's like several layers of storytelling at once, actually. Yeah. But the bulk of the story is there are these four lovers that go into the woods and um, the king fairy, he wants to take revenge on his wife Mm -hmm. and accidentally enchants the lovers 
to love each other in the wrong way. <laughs> so it ends up being like this very magical confusion, like no one knows what's going on. And it's just like, there's also like a subplot where it's this um, theater crew and the guy is turned into an ass. An <laughs> ass is in like a donkey, not like... Yeah, not like, a, <laughs> like an ass. And so, yeah, and there's so many like puns and innuendos with like, the, the fact that he was turned into an ass. Yeah. Anyway... It's extremely funny. That's what's coming up next year. Henry V, it's an epic historical tale about, you know, King Henry V. Um, If you know your history, you probably know more about that than me because I only king I actually know anything about is Henry VIII just because he is the father of Elizabeth I. And that's honestly what I care. All yeah. I care about the queens. <laughs> <laughs> Love's Labor's Lost is... Um, and then those two are going to be on the main stage. And then on the family stage, it's going to be Love's Labor's Lost, which is going to be a restaging of the 2015 when Bard put it on. And um, and it's going to be kind of like a jazz age production, mm-hmm. which should be pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And last but not least, Paradise Lost. Um, if you don't know what Paradise Lost is about, it's basically about the end of the world kind of it's the battle between good versus evil the devil and the angels um and it's going to kind of have a modern twist to it and so again i am already very excited yeah i can tell (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm always excited for new plays and i'm all excited for new things that are coming up yeah um so next week Next week already, because we're not doing bi-weekly anymore. So exciting. Woo! Yay, guys. Uh, hope you have liked the summer. We have enjoyed the summer a lot. There has been a lot going on. We've covered a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been pretty cool. I can't believe we're saying goodbye to summer. I'm not yeah. mentally ready, prepared I'm not ready to start for classes. I'm not ready for classes to start either. Yeah, no. At all. I don't have classes. Yeah, <laughs> Margaret is like, You're I don't lucky. have to deal with this. <laughs> yeah. I need to do a thesis, dude. No, but <laughs> it's way worse. I feel like it's still better than being stuck in Buchanan all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to us all summer. And I hope you continue to listen to us uh, throughout the year. A lot of, a lot of stuff is coming up. Um, again, French is happening and we're going to have multiple different interviews, yes. um, multiple different reviews, so many reviews, so many reviews. Margarita has already signed up for a lot of shows and we're very excited to go watch all of them. Um, the biggest difference, and this is like what I'm going to do a heads up for is I won't be here for a lot of the show. Why? Unfortunately, what? cause I, I don't class. know this. <laughs> Because I have class until 5.30 on Wednesdays. Oh, no. And so because we didn't want to change the show time, because we have been, we've had this time, this slot for so many years mm-hmm. now, um, uh, what we're going to do is Margarita and I are going to co-host, and I'm going to have a lot of pre-recorded stuff, so you don't miss my voice, <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be played. And I'm going to gra- rock in around halfway throughout the show and, like, be here for the second half of it. But... Um, Hopefully you'll hear my voice before that because I can still be producing content, you know, interviewing people, doing what I love, I guess. Anyway, I think that's a wrap for today. We're going to end a little bit early. Um, And.
and next show is going to be super packed hope to tune in september 4th five to six as usual Mm -hmm. and after that weekly shows every week you can tune in and we'll be here we're also going to start posting a lot more stuff on our social media once you know the ear kicks in and there's like more continuous things going on and I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this year. I hope it's. I think it's going to be a good year. Like yeah, I have a I good feeling like about it. Yeah. Honestly, I'm like this year is going to be my year. This is like my feeling for it. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> that's a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was the Arts Report on CITR Radio at 101.9 FM, and see you next week. See you next week. Bye.